Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Heart of Healing podcast. This is my first podcast of 2019, which is kind of exciting. I hope you had an amazing new year. I saw kind of a trend on social media and with my friends, which I've never seen with any other New Year's before. Literally everyone who was posting, I kid you not, every post I read said that either 2018 was one of the most challenging years they had ever been through, or it was one of the most amazing transitional years they had ever been through. And there were literally no posts that I read that said 2018 was just decent or average. I just found it really interesting. For me personally, 2018 was a year filled with so much change and self-awareness. And I think I cried more this year than any other year in my life, which is saying a lot, (laughs) but it was all good and cathartic, and there was a huge upward trend over the course of the year, despite the roller coaster, and I ended up in December with so many opportunities on my plate and so many really profound realizations about the direction that I want to go with my career, just diving into my healing and this podcast, so I would have to say overall the year was a huge win. If this is your first time listening to The Heart of Healing, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, and thank you so much for joining today. If you have a chance to go back and listen to my first podcast, it might give you a little bit of background about myself and my healing journey and why I chose to start this podcast. This is all pretty new to me. This is only my fifth podcast and doing my best to work out the tweaks with audio and all that good stuff. I think I'm off to a pretty decent start. I keep saying I want to have an intro and an outro and my daughter's a musician, so I need to have her help me with that sometime soon, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. Beginning last week and going forward with the next few episodes, I'm really kind of focusing on setting ourselves up for success as we focus on our healing and changing negative coping born out of trauma and living in survival mode. Last week was just kind of an introduction to that topic, and we talked about how we tend to self-sabotage and the way that even unintentionally chaos and living in survival mode hinder so many of our basic everyday activities. And of course, a lot of the more important aspects of our lives like relationships and careers. Moving forward, I want to talk about dealing with some of those things that hinder us and changing some of those behaviors, which in turn set ourselves up for success instead of failure. Because a lot of times that failure is born from lack of self-efficacy and lack of self-efficacy is born from our negative coping. So let me just take a minute to say this is a process that I am still very much in the middle of. I am working with a coach and therapist. I'm doing a lot of reading and self-help, trying to practice mindfulness, and I'm really a work in progress. I mean, we all are. I absolutely want this podcast to be about the journey of healing, which is why I started it now. And not me just saying, hey, I've already done the work and I'm here and I'm healed and here's how you can too. I think it's cathartic for me to put this journey out there and it's a way to give back and to help other people that are maybe just getting started down this path or are looking for accountability or someone cheering them on that understands what they're going through to at least a small extent. Podcasts and reading are great for keeping up momentum in any area of our lives, and 
As always, this podcast or any podcast for that matter should never take the place of working with an actual therapist, but it's meant to be a tool in the same way that any sort of self-help book would be. So back to what I was saying about this being something that I am very much in the middle of. I have this history of not following through with things, and last week I talked about that, and it's something I referred to as paralysis procrastination, and it is a really bad cycle in my life that is not born out of laziness and is not born out of lack of focus. It's born out of not being able to function because I'm not set up for success and I am constantly experiencing anxiety, or at least I was, and I also have a very bad habit of allowing perfectionism to hold me back. So of course you can imagine when my surroundings are chaotic, when the inside of me is chaotic, I am painfully aware that I'm not going to be able to perform a task to the best of my abilities. And my perfectionism does not like that and does not respond well to that. Hence, I find that I am almost paralyzed from beginning a task. And then I become more and more stressed by putting it off and so on and so forth. At first, this seemed like an issue for me that had nothing to do with my trauma and just had to do with organization and bad time management. But as I really started to break down why I do the things I do and trace them back to my childhood or sometime in my past, I realized that these are negative coping behaviors that are born out of constantly living in survival mode and constantly trying to do damage control. So one of the very first things that I started to address in order to help set myself up for success is my anxiety and my fear because those things are really at the root of that paralysis procrastination and they're at the root of a lot of my issues like some of the social anxiety that I have and self-efficacy relating to work and relationships. So that is the first step that I needed to take in order to not self-sabotage, just overcoming that fear and anxiety. So I have to tell you how this initial breakthrough moment came to me. I was pitching a client that I was really excited about and is a marketing job and it's kind of my ideal job and could be a huge game changer for me in the realm of it leading to other more lucrative opportunities. So as usual, I get incredibly excited about it. Mind you, this is a job that I am extremely well suited to. I have the skill set in spades for every aspect of this job. I've spent years writing copy. I've worked as a photographer for 17 years. I even had several pieces of writing published, not to mention marketing is kind of my forte and it's something I have already proven I'm really good at. I'm not saying all this to pat myself on the back or toot my own horn. I'm simply saying this so you understand that it is completely irrational for me to think I am not worthy of or capable of this job that I was pitching. I was not only qualified for it, I would say I was more qualified than most people. So set all that up in your mind and I'm getting ready for this pitch and I'm standing in line at, I think, Target about an hour before this meeting and I'm losing my mind, you guys. My heart is racing and I'm feeling my stomach flipping all over the place. I'm a little bit shaky. My head's kind of pounding. So I feel these feelings and my brain immediately interprets it as fear and so because I've labeled that collection of sensations as fear, my inner dialogue starts rising to the occasion. As in, why are you afraid? You're afraid because you're not good enough. You're afraid because this is over your head. I don't know why you think you can do this. This is so beyond you. And 
At this point, I am truly almost on the brink of tears while I'm just hanging out in the store, getting ready to check out and head to the pitch meeting. To a third party, it seems almost ludicrous, especially considering my experience and my background. But to me, in the moment, my fear and my anxiety got the better of me. So here's what happens next, and I have to give a shout out to my high school theater teacher, Mr. Schneider, because I don't know why, but for some reason, right there in the store, his words popped into my head. I was in competition theater when I was younger, and obviously this is like 24 years ago, way too long ago, and he was kind of a hardcore person to be coached by, but he was amazingly talented and had a way of bringing things out of people that I don't think they even knew they possessed. So one day I was incredibly nervous before I was supposed to perform at regionals and I was experiencing all the same sensations that 24 years later I was experiencing standing in line at the store an hour before my pitch. And I started to kind of shut down and freak out. And I remember he put his hand on my shoulder and kind of firmly said to me, Amy, that energy, that nervous energy and fear that you're feeling right now can be your best friend or your worst enemy, and you need to learn how to channel that energy into your performance. And he didn't pull any punches, and he didn't sugarcoat it, and I don't know why, but somehow I sucked it up, and I took a deep breath, and I did exactly what he said, and I killed my performance. I mean, I killed it, guys, right down to the one tear rolling down my left cheek that he asked for. So I'm just standing there having all these feelings again, thinking about him saying that to me all those years ago, and a little light bulb went on in my head, and I was like, okay, these are just physical sensations. I'm not in pain. I'm not in danger. I'm not hurt. So these sensations do not have to equate fear and anxiety. I'm simply calling them that because I experienced those same sensations for so many years of my childhood and it was fear, but it served me then and it doesn't serve me now. So while I was standing in line at the store, I took a deep breath and I closed my eyes and I allowed myself to really feel every aspect of what I was physically feeling right then. And I just turned off my thoughts in my brain. I felt the stomach flip, the shakiness and the nervous energy, the heart racing, and then I thought about other times in my life I've experienced those sensations when it wasn't fear. And I thought of waiting in line to go on a roller coaster. I thought one time when I was getting ready to meet a celebrity I really admired, when I was waiting to see if the offer I put in on my first home was accepted. And in those situations, I had no problem calling those particular physical sensations excitement probably because it didn't really involve my self-efficacy and any of my abilities directly. So then I thought, maybe today is the same. Maybe it's excitement because this job could be a game changer for me, and this job is exactly what I have been working toward for the past year. So I just allowed myself to feel those feelings instead of fighting them and letting it ruin this opportunity for me. I felt the energy and butterflies in my stomach and I just called it excitement and took deep breaths and started thinking of all the ways this job should be exciting and not fearful. I went from nearly on the brink of tears at Target to feeling completely motivated and inspired and capable and I sat down and I pitched and I answered so many detailed questions. Every statistic was right there in the front of my mind and my thoughts weren't clouded by anxiety and like weird self-conscious thoughts. And so I killed that pitch, you guys, and I landed the account. And 
Not only that, I actually got them to increase their advertising budget and add an additional service down the road, and it was a huge success. I realized right then how incredibly important mindfulness is. And then as if to drive that point home even further, I was listening to a book on Audible just a few days after this had happened. It's called The Body Keeps the Score, and I highly recommend it. This is not any sort of paid endorsement. I've talked about it before, and it's just probably one of my top three, if not top books on healing. And it's a book I go back to reference over and over again. So I just happened to go back and reference this certain chapter after I have this breakthrough. And in the chapter, he talks about this exact subject. And I didn't even seek out this topic on purpose. I was looking for something else. And the author is speaking on becoming aware of our feelings. And he actually says, mindfulness is the most important component to your healing journey. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks right then. I thought, oh my God, he's so right. I still have no idea why Mr. Schneider's words came to me right then when I was standing in line and reminded me of that high school theater experience, but I am so incredibly grateful they did because that was one of the biggest breakthroughs I think that I have ever had in my healing journey. I think for so many years, I thought healing meant not feeling. As many survivors of trauma I feel everything very, very deeply, and as painful as it can be sometimes, it's also an integral part to my character and who I am. And being a creative person working in an artistic field, it scared me to think that if I was healed, I wouldn't be able to feel things anymore. I don't know why I perceived it this way, but I did, and it's only recently that I've figured out healing does not mean not feeling. It just means understanding feeling and figuring out the source of the feeling and learning how to be mindful with those emotions in the moment. I have since had more bouts with anxiety and more bouts with fear, but I am doing a much, much better job at separating that fear from my life and separating those feelings from the label of fear and anxiety. Granted, there are still times when I'm just legitimately stressed And that's normal for any person, no matter how healthily they have been raised or how many positive coping skills they have. But not letting it shut me down entirely and keep me from doing things that will better my life has been such a game changer for me. I can't even properly explain. It's honestly something I even had to overcome to put out this podcast. I have a really nice microphone. I have a little tiny studio set up in my home. I think that I have great content and I enjoy speaking and I think I do a a pretty decent job with it, but I knew I didn't have a soundproof room. I didn't have a fancy intro or outro for my podcast. And I started experiencing those fear sensations when it came to the idea of putting out a podcast and then publishing it once I recorded my first episode. I had so much negative self-talk. I thought, I'm not a celebrity. I have no platform. I have 86 followers on Instagram, but I am so proud of myself for taking a moment to be mindful of those physical sensations that I was experiencing and to be self-aware of the negative inner dialogue and speak to myself rationally. Since I have become more mindful of when I experience the physical manifestations or changes in my body as a reaction to stimuli, I have realized just how often I am labeling myself fearful or anxiety-ridden over the course of a day, and it was actually pretty staggering when I started keeping track of it. And then I thought to myself, good God, no wonder I have problems following through with things when I'm constantly living in this highly triggered state. 
And truth be told, I felt actually kind of proud of myself for accomplishing the things I have accomplished thus far in spite of all that. But then I couldn't help but think, if I can get a handle on this and I can change this part of me, holy cow, the things that I will be able to accomplish. And it was a very exciting thought, and it still is actually, and a very empowering thought to be able to control these feelings without a mood stabilizer or a Xanax or having a drink or any of the things that I personally have used in the past to kind of put a Band-Aid on those feelings. And it's not like I'm just powering through and living with that gross, anxious feeling. I'm actually focusing on them and releasing them. It's kind of a component of something referred to as somatic experiencing, which was explained to me by my coach, Savannah, who is so amazing and will be a featured guest at sometime in the very near future. We're just trying to coordinate schedules, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear her. But somatic experiencing is an incredibly helpful tool for releasing trauma and especially coping with the physical aspects and physical manifestations of trauma and fear. In a recent book I read, the author spoke of panic attacks. When you think of a panic attack, it's basically the fear of fear, and that's how this author described it. You learn to become afraid of the physical sensations, the racing heart or irregular heartbeat, the rapid breathing or feeling like you can't catch your breath, pressure on your chest, and the fear is what sets off a panic attack. The same thing is true for post-traumatic anxiety. We're afraid of the things that trigger that fight or flight and fear of those things kicks off anxiety. I really encourage you to either talk to your therapist about or read online about somatic experiencing if you're unfamiliar with it. I absolutely encourage you to take up meditation and practice mindfulness and really practice feeling and identifying those physical sensations as they happen and to make sure you're properly identifying them. If you're not, rename them what they really are. If it's excitement, call it excitement. I think you will find this will really inspire some pretty phenomenal change in your life and in your ability to cope. Thank you guys again so much for listening. I have so many fantastic things planned for this podcast during the coming year, and I am incredibly excited to be on both Podbean and iTunes, and I will hopefully be adding Stitcher and SoundCloud in the near future per request. Be sure to subscribe and comment if you're enjoying this podcast, and I'd love for you to follow my Instagram, which is at Amy in the Desert. Amy is A-M-I-E which is just kind of everything healing and my life with a little bit of mid-century modern thrifting thrown in. I have some pretty inspiring guests coming up in the next few weeks, so definitely keep checking back. I appreciate my followers and the feedback I have gotten so far so immensely. Truly, I really thought I would have zero to one listeners and the fact that I'm now absolutely in the double digits with downloads and listeners is pretty exciting to me. As you know, I try to keep most of my podcasts under the 20 minute mark so they are easily digestible, but they'll be a little longer when I feature guests. So I'm really excited to give you guys more content and more food for thought in the coming weeks and months. Thank you again for taking time out of your day to listen to my podcast, and I will see you next week.